it was really just being honest with yourself saying, am I actually ever going to do this or are we just going to keep talking about it? You know, so we decided, all right, we're, we're going to stop talking about it. We're going to do it and we're going for it. Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Travis Murphy, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, podcast episode 17. We've got another great invest guest joining us here shortly, but I want to thank everyone out there for joining us today and remind you to hit the subscribe button if you're listening to the podcast. And of course, check out theinvestnest.com and find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. All right. And now I'm going to welcome Just, Justin and Elizabeth White from Georgia. They're a husband and wife duo, real estate investing team. And uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me. Of course, Travis. Thanks for having us. Thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you guys and, and how, you, how you both got into real estate investing. Okay. Um, yeah. So we met about six years ago. Uh, we were living in Wisconsin, actually. And then I decided I wanted to join the Navy. Um, so we spent basically the last five and a half years uh, traveling, out, traveling around a little bit. Uh, we lived in uh, South Carolina for a while, moved up to New York, and then our final stop here was in um, Southeast Georgia. And uh, by day, I work for the Navy. I'm on a guided missile submarine, USS Florida. Um, and then we decided to get into real estate really when we were living in New York. Uh, we had a mentor that kind of um, brought us into like the business mindset really um, in some other unrelated to real estate business. Um, but he got us into reading some great books and stuff like that. and. I uh, read Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And that was really just like my paradigm shift in the way I was thinking from like the way I was brought up and just like how I thought about money. And uh, I really got attached to the idea of passive investing. And I'd always been interested in homes, just like driving by looking at houses, you know, like you see a house you really like. And I don't know, I just always had a certain affinity for that, I guess. So that was the most attractive idea to me from that book. And I think we just kind of started looking from there. Um, we were originally supposed to go to Connecticut and we were gonna buy our first property. That was a fourplex in uh, Maryland, Rhode Island? One of the two. And um, we were gonna buy that on a VA loan, uh, kind of house hack it, live in one of the units and rent out the other three. And then we we're going through that process and last minute got changed to Southeast Georgia here. Took us a little time to find a spot. We were looking for a duplex or a multifamily of some sort, and there just wasn't really much of a market for them down here. They were either all locked up or um, they're just not very prevalent. So we bought a foreclosure, and uh, we've been living in that and kind of working our way through flipping it. Uh, awesome. So, so somewhat of a house hack, it sounds like. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So it sounds like the military is taking you guys all over the country, which is cool. And then you, you found some stability there in Georgia, and that's when you, you decided to set the hook, so to speak. Absolutely. So that's really cool. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki has obviously touched all of us, I think. You know, I think that would probably be where a lot of real estate investors point to the book that they, you know, the books that they point to when they talk about getting excited about real estate. And it sounds like you guys had your, you know, you had your, you know, your day job, your income working for you. But after reading 
cash flow quadrant, you realize you might want to be in a different box or in a combination of more than one box. So you wanted to start having your money work for you. And real estate is exciting. It's exciting to everybody. You know, tip usually people get inspired by not just the fact of passive income, but just real estate in general. And you guys are doing both, it sounds like. So you're still working with the Navy, but you've also figured out a way to buy a property that seems like it's, uh, you know, so might've been dilapidated or run down and foreclosed on. And you guys were able to get a prime, probably a primary loan for that, which is favorable, I would imagine. And, and get yourself a nice roof over your head while building some equity. It sounds like, does that sound right? Absolutely. Yep. We bought it with a FHA loan. So only three and a half percent down, which was great for us at the time. Um, I was still paying off some student loan debt and stuff like that. So we didn't have a large reserve of cash or anything. So that worked out well. And uh, there's actually a crazy story with this house. I was down here before Elizabeth for about a month, um, just looking at homes because uh, I had to report to the command and wasn't finding much. The real estate agent I was using, um, I told her I kind of wanted a distressed property that would still qualify for conventional financing. And she kept bringing me a lot of turnkey stuff. And we had seen this house specifically um, probably a month or so before I came here and got really excited about it. As soon as I got here, they said uh, it was already uh, contingent. So I was pretty bummed about that. And then she messaged us after about two weeks of me being down here and was like, hey, the house is coming back to the market on Monday. Um, if you're interested, I said, yep, let's see it. And uh, we walked through it and had a offer waiting Monday when the bank opened and they accepted it. So awesome. Yeah, that's about it's about being prepared. I mean, you guys knew what you wanted to do. You had a goal. You were focused on it. You, you got everything ready. It seemed like that one wasn't going to work out for you. But, you know, the fact that it came available again you guys are right there to snatch it up so that's cool good for you guys so what what is it that you guys do are doing now with real estate you're did you already fix that place up are you is that your main project right now do you have other projects going on uh we have, we have a few um so we're not finished with this house yet it was a very um ambitious buy i guess you could say <laughs> it's about 2700 square feet and we're doing most of the work um there's popcorn ceilings every inch of it. So we've scraped and mudded those and we're still working through the painting and stuff like that. We gotta put some floors down and update some other finishes. Um, but really it's just a big house. Yeah. Um, and then- And you guys, are doing, you guys are doing all the work? Yeah. Yes. That's Apart very cool. We had, to, we had to have the septic tank replaced. Um, so I didn't do that. Yeah, so yeah. What I can handle. Um, but- was it last July? Yeah, July 2019, we bought another foreclosure in the area. Single family home, uh, much more manageable size. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and we had been wanting to get ourselves a rental. And everything I was hearing at that time was just kind of like take action, you know, buy something, don't buy a bad deal, but just get something and learn from it, you know, and just step through the process. And we were just ready. Um, so yeah, we picked up that foreclosure. We did all the work on that one ourselves, except for one or two things. I actually had to leave for deployment in the middle of it. So it took us nearly 12 months um, to get it rented out. But um, we eventually did for about $300 more a month than the real estate agent said we'd be able to do. So awesome. um, yeah, awesome. we did pretty well on it. Awesome. Very cool. So you, you guys held on to that one for as a long-term investment. Yes. Now, that was that you guys are doing a lot of cool things. So, so the, the house that you're living, your plan is just to kind of make that home base for now, build some equity over time. 
Yeah, actually, we're planning to sell it beginning of uh, 2021, hopefully okay. within two months or so. Okay. So you're looking for some transactional income out of that to, e to either roll back into longer term investments or just to find some, a nicer house for you two to live in or what's your plan there? Um, <laughs> if you have one. <laughs> so we do, we're kind of, uh, we kind of came up with like a little dream that we're jumping full throttle into. Um, cause he actually gets out of the Navy, um, March. Okay. And we are having a baby in February. Oh, wow. But at the same time, we plan to sell this house and jump into an RV um, and travel for a little bit while also hopefully grabbing up some more houses, rentals. That's so awesome. Very yes. cool. Well, congratulations to you guys. First of all, that's, that's great. news. <laughs> and uh, I think you've gotten a lot of listeners attention out there. You guys are probably doing a lot of what most people wish they could do or want to do. Uh, you know, you're doing real estate investing, you're starting a family, which is awesome. But then you're, you're throwing in the whole, you know, RVing across the country, you're going to do a little boondocking, it sounds like, which <laughs> I think, I think there's a lot of people out there that enjoy that whole concept. Um, you know, it's that lifestyle being able to live, you know, off of passive income, if you can, while doing some of the things that you, you know, you can, you want to enjoy in life. Uh, and if you're able to figure out both, and real estate can help you do that. That's a great thing. So very cool. Very cool. So you're planning to sell that place. You've got the, the other project you were talking about. You got that one rented. Um, and then so you've got so you basically have one rental property in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And do you have any other current projects going on right now? We do. We actually just closed um, the end of last month on another single family home. This one's in Ohio, though. So in the okay. Midwest. So you guys are doing it. You guys are, you guys are getting it done. That's very cool. You talked earlier about, uh, you know, listening to podcasts and reading books and then hearing that theme coming through about taking action. What was it that really drove you guys to taking action? Cause there's a lot of people out there. I know we all can be guilty of this, of, you know, he hearing the messaging and knowing what we should, we should be doing, but sometimes it can be really difficult just to take that first step. So what, what pushed you guys over for me? I think it was um, working in the Navy, honestly, has been very difficult for me. Just like the way my mind thinks versus how the Navy does things. Um, overall, I love what the Navy does, right? The military does, but just how they do things just doesn't really jive with my mindset. It's very, um, not archaic, but you know, the military is known best for its structure and I'm more of a free thinker. I see like better ways to do things or stuff like that. And that stuff all just kind of gets shoved to the side. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really allow my mind to like be free in what I want to do. So I think it was a combination of me just being like tired of working for other people. And then the other thing is like, just being honest with yourself. Like it had been, I don't know, months and months. I was listening to podcasts, reading books. Like I, I knew the information, right? I knew the mechanics behind it. And it was really just being honest with yourself saying, am I actually ever going to do this or are we just going to keep talking about it? You know, so we decided, all right, we're, we're going to stop talking about it. We're going to do it and we're going for it. So it sounds like Elizabeth just talked you into it basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, having a partner in anything is makes things easier because it's hard for anybody on their own or, or, couple as well, a partnership as well. But if you have another person, it's, it definitely helps push each other, you know? So I, I recommend that out there for people, you know, 
partnerships can be a challenge in their own right as well. But having another person to help, you know, people have uh, uh, masterminds all the time where they have accountability partners. You know, the fact that you guys are husband and wife, I'm sure you hold each other accountable for more than just real estate, but it's, it's definitely, it can definitely be a motivating force. Uh, and you mentioned the military and the structure behind it and how it doesn't really allow for much creativity, it sounds like, unless you're at the top of the, the food chain. You know, and not everybody's in the military out there, but a lot of people can relate to that just with their career and their jobs. You know, I think a lot of people that listen to podcasts and listen to real estate books, you know, they're more of the entrepreneurial spirited type, the more free thinker type, the one, the people that are always looking for something more. And the great thing about real estate, again, is that can actually help people achieve that. Um, and the, the thing that I pulled out of what you just said is the fact that you're, you guys were self-aware. You were self-aware enough to realize that, the, you know, the, the, the military is great, obviously, but it's just not for you. That's not who you are. It's not what you want to be. And instead of just going through that life and going through those motions, you took the action to make the change and you're making the change and you guys are doing it. So let me pull that back in and get on to your next, the project you said you guys just closed on. That sounds awesome. What, what's the deal with that? What are you guys planning to do there? Uh, yep. So like I said, it's a single family home. Uh, her dad is actually a plumber in the city where we bought it from. Uh, so he knows just about everybody in the town, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it's a fairly small town in Ohio. Yep. And uh, so he knew that the owner was wanting to sell this property uh, off market, which is typically where you find the best deals. And uh, told us what you wanted for it. And uh, he walked us through it. The, it was previously rented and the tenants, I think, were forced to leave. Uh, they, did, they took all the light bulbs out of the house, just silly stuff. So yeah. He basically had a work light. He was walking through the house showing with, uh, with us, showing it to us with. And um, let's see, we just, I think we hopped on Zillow and a couple other places and just saw like uh, the assessment of the property and the homes around it uh, compared to the asking price. And there's about $40,000 difference. So um, really a cosmetic type update too. And so we're like, this is seems like a no-brainer so awesome so you guys really are hitting all the you know checking all the boxes you're you guys are doing your live-in house hack you've got your rental property locally and now you guys went out of state right mm -hmm. so that's you know that's cool i think for people out there listening to hear you know somebody that just got started and are just doing you know going not being limited to their market or being afraid of the challenges that may come from investing out of state i think I'd like to have you guys back at some point, but I'd like to hear what, after you're done, the one in Ohio, how you would compare investing and doing it out of state compared to locally, if you find that more beneficial or, you know, what your, what your thoughts are there. What's the plan with the property in Ohio? Is that a flip? Is that a hold? Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a hold. Um, we're really just going to do some new flooring, new paint, paint the cabinets, uh, some countertops, things like that. Just very cosmetic take care of a couple things outside. There's a little bit of wood rot on the fascia and the um, soffit and stuff like that that needs to be taken care of, but um, should be hopefully less than a month and awesome. we'll, be, we'll be listing it. Yeah, so mostly cosmetic. That's great. So how are you guys doing this? How are you guys funding these deals? Did you save up a bunch of money? Are you leveraging debt? Do you have financial partners? What's your, what's your strategy or your tactic for being able to take down these properties? Yeah, so uh, we've funded, apart from our uh, personal home, which I said was a FFA or FHA loan conventional, um, we've done the other two deals solely with private lending from people we know. 
Awesome. Um, so contacts at work, things like that. And I just, I, when I found out about private lending and how, how you can use it, I, I really just love it because it's like a way for us to like benefit our friends and family members and people we know, right? Because, you know, they make money from us making money. Absolutely. Awesome. The, the banks are always going to make their money, right? So like no reason why you shouldn't bring your friends and family in on it. Yeah. And I, like, I want to ask you about that because I know people that are, haven't done real estate investing yet. It's like this mythical thing of private money. It's like, where, where do you get private money? Where do you get, I think people feel if they're going to approach a, a family friend slash type of uh, relationship that they have, I think some people feel like they're asking them for money, you know, but that's not the case at all. You're actually helping that person make money without really having to do much. Um, so like, what, how, what, did you guys have those reservations, those types of reservations? How, how did the conversation kind of come about or go to get to that point from thinking about getting a, a friend, family member involved versus actually making it happen? Um, let's see. So it was really, um, I had a friend at work named Ryan and him and I were always talking about real estate, right? Um, you know, people would come, come up to us, ask us questions about real estate even. And we were, we were just always talking about it, wanting to do a deal. And this is before I'd ever done one. Um, he had had one rental previously and stuff like that. So I think it was just really like, if you're just always talking about it and if you're talking about it in a way that's like articulate and it sounds like, you know, what you're, what you're talking about. Right. Um, it just, I usually let it come up organically. I don't try to force it into a conversation. Uh, sometimes I will, you know, I'll just like go up to people and be like, Hey man, want to invest in real estate? And they just kind of look at you like, well, what do you mean? And I'll just, I'll just explain it. <laughs> usually like friends that I'm close with and you know, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah. And I joke around a lot, you know what I mean? So, um, it's pretty easy to get into it that way. And did you just let them ask their questions and, and answer them smartly. And if you don't have the answer, just be like, Hey, I actually don't know that, you know, and revisit it later and just let them sit on it. Like I never, I never just force, force it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, we actually only used one investor for our fir very first deal. Um, a friend of mine named Camus and uh, he funded the entire purchase price just really on a, on a whim, right? Just totally trusted us. Like, Hey, I believe you guys are going to, going to do it and um, sign the papers with us and, and did, it went really smoothly for us. So awesome. very appreciative awesome. of him. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And see, that's the thing. I think people hearing this, they may think, well, these guys just got lucky. You know, they had friends that were willing to partner with them, but that's not, you guys actually, what you just said was pretty much implementing a strategy. I mean, one, you said you need to know what you're talking about. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking of how to do this, the step, first step is really to educate yourself. You need to be able to talk the talk before you can walk the walk. You know, you need to know what the key terminology is so you can have a conversation with people about real estate that are interested. The second thing you hit on was just the fact that you bring it up and talk to people about it in general, which is networking, basically, whether it's at work, at church, or at a meetup group or a networking group, you know, that in particular works well because the people are there specifically to talk about real estate. But the fact that you're just within your circle and within your networks, just bringing up and talking about real estate and that you've already educated yourself about it. So you, when you bring it up, you know what you're talking about and it intrigues people. I mean, people like to, like we talked about earlier, people like to talk real estate. It gets them excited. It gets them curious. They wonder what, what are you talking about? What are you thinking about doing? And then the last thing that you said was, you know, you just, 
be straight with them. Transparency. If they ask you something you don't know, you're not trying to sell a person anything. A person's not going to give you money and you don't want them to give you money if you're having to convince them to. The type of person that's going to partner with you is somebody that wants to do that. So if you feel like you're trying to sell somebody, you know, that that's not the, that's probably not the right move. Now people can feel like they're trying to sell somebody, even if they're not, that that's kind of just the feeling you get sometimes when you're talking about money to people, but it's about being receptive. And if the person's being receptive to what you're saying, and if it's a right fit, it's a, it's a partnership. That's what it is. You're feel you're, you're providing value to them, which is the ability for that person to make money passively on their money. And they're providing value to you, which is the ability to leverage their cash to go do these deals and make everybody money. So, you know, it's not, we have that mindset a lot of times that we're, oh, I don't want to ask this person for money, but really you're presenting them with an opportunity, you know? And if, if, it's, some, if it's an opportunity that somebody understands and is savvy enough to comp, you know, comprehend how it works, you know, and they want to take that opportunity, it's, it's, there's not, absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, you know, educating yourself, networking, and just having the conversations about real estate generally, if people are out there curious how you guys made it happen, I think right there is the script pretty much. Um, so this is really cool. So what's your, what are you guys, you said next is the RV and I, I love that, but as far as real estate investing goes, what's the, uh, what's the next play or what's the next couple plays? Where, where's, where are you guys going from here with real estate? So I'd like, I'm, I don't like the idea of having just one, one rental in one location. Um, so we're going to continue to look at this area. It's a military town though. Um, there's several other investors here and there's right now there's real estate agents are saying there's really a shortage of homes for the number of people looking. Um, so the deals are uh, few and far between to come by. That's one of the reasons that drove us to look out of state because we were ready for another one. And it's just like, all right, you know, we got to make it happen somewhere somehow. Um, so I think we're going to continue to look, pursue Ohio too. Uh, additionally, we're going to be part of our travel is going to bring me back to my hometown or near it in Michigan, upper Min Michigan. Um, so there, we kind of have our eyes on one there that's been on the market for a little bit. Um, it's currently not set up as a home though. So that'll be our first um, conversion really. Yeah. And then really the thing that I'm probably most interested in real estate is uh, like preserving slash converting historic buildings. Um, so there's a, would be a very large project, um, probably something years from now, but there's a, a three story brick school house back in my hometown. That's just been vacant for decades. Like I've driven by most of my life and, you know, there's probably asbestos in it, all, all that stuff. And I would really love to see it converted into something useful again, apartments and, you know, just, just something usable by the community again, before it has to get torn down. I hate seeing that. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So you, you, you guys are free thinkers. I mean, and creative thinkers. That's, that's cool. And there, I mean, I could go down so many different paths with you guys right now. We were talking about a lot of different topics, which is cool because you guys are doing a lot of different things, but I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind with that is that's a challenge. Like that's an undertaking. You know, a lot of people, when they're looking at investing in real estate, they're thinking of the things that would be more easy, something that you could fix up cosmetically and put a tenant in there and cash flow. You know, there's the whole concept of forced appreciation and, and you know, just normal natural appreciation. But, you know, you're talking about taking something that and, and repurposing it 
for real estate, which would be a potential tremendous value add, but you're also providing a place for people to live in your hometown. So you're, you're taking a building and a piece of land that currently doesn't appear to have any value and is serving no purpose. And with your vision, if you're able to execute on it and pull it off, not just the fact that you're creating value there, but you're also providing a, a use for people in the community to live. So, so that's, that's great. That's, that's really cool. Um, and that also helps eliminate competition. We all, everybody talks about how hard it is to find deals. Well, that's because usually people are looking for the cherry on top as far as the deal goes and not, not something that is more difficult or more challenging by you guys taking that head on, you know, you're probably eliminating 90% of the people that would even consider it. So that's, that's great. I like the fact that you guys are doing that, that you're not afraid to do that and take it on. Um, and, and that you're going to go out and, and make it happen. I have no doubt that you guys will, you guys are, you guys are kicking butt so far. So we, we have talked about a lot of different things. I don't know that I asked you all the properties you guys have. They're, they're all single families, right? No multis so far. Yeah. Okay. And the fact that you were in Georgia and having a tough time finding deals, Ohio is because you had uh, family roots in the area. Uh, Elizabeth, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. My, dad, uh, my mom and my dad grew up there and my dad's, he knows everybody in that town and he's friends with a lot of people who own investment homes. And, um, that's kind of where we got it from is one of his friends who had passed away. His wife was kind of selling off the rentals and um, we kind of, you know, spoke to her about it before she decided to put it on the market and we grabbed it that way. So, yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, people talk about out of state investing and how you make it, how you can make it work. So again, back to networks, the fact that you have family in the area, you were able to plug right into the existing network and, People also talk about opportunity, right? And well, how do you how do you get that opportunity? The fact that you guys are doing it and the, the words out and people again having those conversations about real estate and people like, oh, Justin and Elizabeth are doing real estate investing. It comes up. So you know, a lot of the deals that I've ever done, most of the deals I've done with real estate are are off market. It's because my networks, people that we have networked with about real estate investing, know what I do. They know what we look for, what type of houses we look for. So when something comes up within their networks, they, they think of us. It sounds like something similar happened to you guys, which again is the opportunity and you guys were in the position to take advantage of it. So that's really cool. And you had already some potential financial partners, it sounds like. So you're putting the pieces in place. I, I talk a lot about having your team and your core elements in real estate investing for your real estate investing business, your realtor, you know, your lenders, uh, property managers, all that stuff. And when you can put, when you can finally pull those pieces together, it actually makes facilitating the process of real estate investing much easier than people think before they've actually done it. I mean, do you guys find that now that you're, you're doing it and are put, getting those pieces established and in place, do you think it's more challenging or less challenging than before you started actually doing it? Definitely after the first one, I'd say it was, it's less challenging. We were so nervous when we, when we bought that other foreclosure that we we're going to do a rental on, right? Like how long are we going to hold this thing for? And, you know, it ended up going 12 months, which is exactly what we didn't want to happen. Um, but now that we've seen the process and understand how the private money works and stuff like that and the refinance process a little more depthly, like it was just, it allowed us to pick up the second one 
Um, I mean, we, we spoke to the person selling it an hour or two after we got walked through because we, we just knew um, that we would make it work and make it happen. So um, definitely makes it a lot easier. In the terms of the property management, we don't have property managers at this time. We're, we're kind of self-managing. Um, we're probably going to continue to do so while it's easy for us. Um, and also with our first uh, property there, we were pretty strict on on um, who we were going to rent to. And uh, I think it took us, that was right after, you know, it was shortly after COVID hit, right? So the military actually locked down all its order changes. So nobody was moving anywhere, which is primarily where the renters are coming from in this town. So, and still it only took us, I think, four weeks to rent it out. But um, because we were so stringent with that process, we, we have fantastic renters in there. We've only had one issue that came up um, with the septic tank over there at Lost Power. It was a pretty simple fix. But apart from that, self-managing has been super simple and we're just gonna continue to be stringent with that process, get as good a renters in there as we can um, until it's too much for us to manage. And then we'll definitely contract out some property managers. Awesome, yeah, that's cool. And that's, I mean, that's a whole other topic, the self-managing versus having management in place. And you know, there's not really a right answer. It depends on what your investing goals are and what your, your investing plan is. But you know, there are pros and cons that go with each one like you just said, being you, the fact that you're the, the manager of the property, you can be more stringent on your tenants and you know who's living in your house. And, you know, that can be a benefit as opposed to, you know, a property management company placing people in your, in your house for you. So, you know, the fact that you guys are doing the work, you're, fi you're finding the deals, you're buying them with your partners, you, you guys are doing the work and you're managing. Is this it sounds like it's becoming more or less a full-time gig for you at, at some point in the future, when you get out of the military, your, your plan is to basically be tackling real estate full-time. Yeah, that's the plan. That's okay. where we're trying to head. Okay. Yes. No, we're also trying to get away from uh, being as involved in the process. Um, you know, like they say, it's not really passive income until you're not really doing much. You know what I'm saying? Um, so right now with the self-managing, right, that's not so much passive as it's another job, you know, yeah. doing the work, that's another job. And it, it does feel like I have two full-time jobs. And sometimes the Navy itself is two full-time jobs. So, you know, now I got three full-time jobs. Um, so this, with this one in Ohio, we're actually trying to do pretty much zero work with it. And we're going to see how that goes and just learn how to, you know, speak with the contractors and make sure somebody's checking the quality of work because that's one of the issues with you investing out of states like how do you know they're doing a good job do you fly there all the time you know um, but we're pretty lucky we've got some boots on the ground there already with family and they can go check to make sure our um, things are going well yeah no that's that's cool I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it is real estate is it is like a job you know and if you love real estate if you like real estate investing that's i think a lot of people that have a day job they think about real estate investing it's not just necessarily the fact of pure passive income you know, you could invest in a REIT and get passive real estate income. Um, but it's, it's kind of that, that fact of, of if you do doing something that you love, that you're not really, you don't ever have to work again. So, you know, and if you're able to get transactional income off of flips, or if you're doing the work and saving some income, that's almost like ordinary income, it helps facilitate your investments towards the, the, the goal of passive, passive income. Um, 
And if you're able to align those two, you can have, there's tons of synergies that can come out of that. And the fact that if you're, if you enjoy it, then, I mean, it can be a wonderful thing. Um, so, you know, we've talked about a lot of different topics. We've gone across, you know, investing locally out of state, how you guys are funding these deals. You guys are really, you guys are getting it done, which is impressive and awesome. I love it. What, what would you say to people that are having a hard time getting started and, you know, what, do you have any advice for listeners out there that, you know, you would say to yourselves a year and a half, two years ago before you started now that you have, uh, have done what you guys have done so far? Yeah, I think I would say if I could recommend anything, um, there's usually one or two things that are holding you back, uh, I would say, and there's some sort of fear, right? You know, like you fear you're not um, going to be able to do the work if you're trying to do it yourself, fear you're not going to come up with the money, um, you know, fear you're going to find some disaster within the walls and you're going to lose money on it. And I would say just, I would write down those fears and then write down basically how you could mitigate those fears and who you could rely on to help you mitigate those fears. Right. So, you know, if it's a terms of money be like, okay, you know, what do I have? What lenders are available to me? What are my other options besides maybe conventional, you know, if it's in terms of the work, like who can I have teach me how to put a floor down or teach me how to, you know, cut and install trim, things like that. Um, but I would just say like, write down your fears and then break them down of like why you're afraid of that and who can help you overcome those. Cause that's probably the, one of the only things holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying the unknown, right? The fear of the unknown can be a very limiting, powerful, limiting uh, fear. And then, but have a plan and then not only have a plan, but have a backup plan, have a contingency plan. So if something does go awry that you you may not have experience in dealing with, you know where you're going to be able to find those answers or find that help to get you through it. Um, and, you know, a team again, you know, not just YouTube being a team, but within your networks, within your family, uh, if you go to real estate meetups, you know, the more contacts that you can make, sometimes one of the biggest unknown challenges that may come up in one of your projects could be simply answered or mitigated by a phone call to somebody that you met at a real estate meetup, you know, that you had a conversation with six months ago. So it's about, I think, doing all these things, um, educating yourself. And if you, you can equip yourself with all the tools that you think you can equip yourself with, but there's always going to be that unknown, right? And that's always going to be there. Even after you've done five projects, that's, there's no guarantee that your sixth project isn't going to have some unknown element to it that you weren't expecting and don't know how to deal with. But with all that said, I think the biggest thing that I would take away from what you guys are, the messaging I'm getting from you guys is the fact that you're going to learn the most from actually doing it, you know, and what you don't, no, you're, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. You're going to find it out. You're going to learn it, whether it's the hard way or not. And uh, without actually doing it, it doesn't matter what you, how much you can read in the book. There's still going to be things that you're not going to learn until you unfortunately pull the drywall down. Right. Yeah. So, well, this has been awesome. I really, I mean, I, I've got to ask you though, before we wrap this up about the RVing across the country. So what, what do you guys have certain destinations? Is it across the country? Or are you just planning to downsize into to RV life or what's, what's, what's going on there? Um, both. I mean, we definitely are downsizing because we kind of liked the idea of just letting go of everything and saving money that way. But also we've kind of always had this dream of, and I think the military life put that in us of we've loved moving around so much and seeing different places. 
Um, and it's just nice to have the idea of just jumping into our dreams and just stop being scared of things. Um, and I know the plan is we're planning to jump into the RV and kind of visit friends and family up the East Coast. And that's kind of where we've stopped so far. We kind of just want to grab the baby in tow and just travel up the East Coast, visit friends and family. And I think we're planning to stay in the RV life for a little while at least. That's awesome. That's so cool. Actually, one of my really close cousins is doing the same thing. She had a, she has a yoga business and with COVID it's in the process of kind of shutting that down and she just bought a van. She's in the process of converting it and her plan is to hit the road and travel and do yoga. So I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm, you know, her, her story excites me. Your guys story excites me. And I think it's a powerful message, even for people out there listening, the fact you just said, you know, facing your fears and diving, you know, there's, there's no reason why we can't do what we want to do. The only reason we don't do what we do is because we hold ourselves back. Right. So I think you guys sound like to me, you're living proof to everyone out there that's having a hard time with that, that you can do it. So I hope our listeners enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Um, if any of our listeners out there want to find out more about you guys, where can they, where can they find you or how can they find you? Yeah, so we're most uh, active on Instagram. Our handle is at Wellspring Investments. Um, and then you could you can try to find us on Facebook. I'm Justin White. It's a pretty common name though. So um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'll include the I'll include the Instagram link in the show notes. So if anybody's out there listening, um, be sure to check out Justin Elizabeth. And you guys, I know you guys have a lot going on in life right now. That's really cool. Uh you know, Justin, thank you for the service, first of all, and congratulations to you both on the, the upcoming new member, new addition to the family. So uh, I wish the best of luck to you guys. I know it sounds like you guys have, you know, you guys are doing it all right. So I have the, nothing but confidence in you too, but best of luck. Thanks again for joining me. And um, I want to thank everybody out there uh, listening for listen, for joining us as well. And be sure to hit the subscribe button uh, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And of course, check out theinvestnest.com. Justin, Elizabeth, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course. Thanks, Travis. All right. Thanks, everybody. Be sure to check us out next week. We'll have another upcoming episode of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. All right. Thanks, guys. Of course. Thank you for joining us on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join theinvestnest.com and start learning and earning today.